It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Hey, guys. It's Bobby here in the... Raider Nation Radio Studios. Happy Friday to you. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show for Friday. Okay, long story short, here's the deal. Uh, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties with JT's hookup and whatnot. So in the meantime, until we can get this all straightened out, I am going to play you the coach interview that JT recorded yesterday with Coach Josh McDaniel. So with no further ado, here is JT with Coach McDaniels from yesterday. We welcome in head coach Josh McDaniels. And, Coach, let's begin with Tamar Hamlin and what happened this week. And you spoke to the media earlier in this week. But overall, how you reacted when you saw it on Monday Night Football and the reaction to your roster all week? Yeah, it was a scary situation. Um, you know, nothing that uh, I've ever been a part of or seen. Um, and I think the biggest thing for us, you know, as a team, when we got together on Wednesday morning was just to educate ourselves, you know. And Dr. Singh um, – was kind enough to come here uh, from California and really just spend some time um, answering questions, talking to us about what, you know, to the best of his knowledge occurred um, and just kind of being really uh, open and honest about the, you know, the situation, um, any further risks, et cetera, uh, for our players. And so um, I think that uh, we have the right mindset here. Everybody is thinking about him and, uh, wants to hear good news continually. Um, very concerned about it, um, and and so we're we're doing that, and we're going to get ready to play a football game and try to um, finish the season the right way. As a father of a football player, you address that too. And football is family from every level, high school, college, up to the pros, and how it affected everyone around the football universe. Yeah, um, it's definitely you know something you think about, you know, and um, I think that the more information we gather. Uh, and understanding how rare it was um, and that it, you know, it could occur in a car accident. It could occur in a little league baseball game, um, but it's also unlikely to occur, you know. And so it was a uh, it was a, a unique situation, um, certainly an unfortunate one and one that we're continually praying and, and thinking about him and his family. We look back at the Niner game, 500 yards, 365 in the air for Jarrett. That's a big-time performance. Let's talk about the quarterback and what you saw when you looked at the tape. Yeah, I thought he got off to a good start. You know, um, he had a good week of practice, and I think that he carried that over into the the game. I thought he took the field with confidence, you know, and really got himself going, uh, got into a rhythm early in the game. I think he hit 10 or 12 of his first 13 or 14 throws, um, you know, and, and was just really honestly operating the offense and trying to execute it the best he could. And so... Um, thought he took advantage of some opportunities that were presented to him, um, got the ball out of his hand on time, played in rhythm, uh, tried to stay ahead of the sticks. I mean, we, I think we skipped third down basically the entire first half. Um, 
you know, so I, I, that's the way we want our guys to play. And uh, I thought he did a good job of giving us an opportunity. What jumped out as me, with me is he made every throw so to yeah. the right, to the left. And then he ran for critical yards yeah. in that game, which was important to evaluate. Yeah, he, you know, he, he can access all the areas of the field, um, you know, and, and we talked all week about his eyes, you know. And when you play against a really good defense that tries to disguise and hold things, it's really imperative that the quarterback start to play with his eyes in the right place. Because if you don't, then you're going to be in trouble, you know, and the play starts to break down, and then you're chasing and trying to find something uh, to get rid of the football. But I thought he did a good job of starting the plays with his eyes in the right place, um, and generally he was going the right spot with the ball. 135 yards rushing against the number one rushing defense. Yep. Let's spend some time on the offensive line. What did you see on the tape with the push at yep. the point of attack? They had a big game. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, and, and you know, no sacks. Um, again, he, he, we, they hit us a little bit, which they're going to do. Uh, their defensive front is as good as any in football. So um, th- that's, not a, that's not an issue there in terms of the effort we played with. Um, I thought our double teams, I thought we moved the line of scrimmage some, gave J.J. an opportunity to have an entry point in the defense. Um, and just battled. You know, that's the way you have to play them. It's none of them are going to come easy. Um, and so we were, we had some bumps and bruises uh, the day after the game. Uh, no question. I thought we tried to play a physical game against a really physical team. Devontae had another great game. The way he dove for some of those balls came up with, you got the best view in the house. Yep. We've talked about him all year. Yeah. What stood out in that performance? It's just his consistency and his effort. Um, you know, he, he, he made play after play. Uh, the, the catch down in the red zone um, there where he t- tapped his toes. I mean, it's about as good as it gets, you know, in a short area. Uh, and then just the concentration and ability to secure the one uh, that, that helped us tie the game there at the, in the two-minute, you know, drive at the end. Um, you know, there's really – I'm, I'm, I fail to be surprised anymore. Uh, yeah. because I've seen so many times over and over in practice and in games what he's capable of doing. But thought he gave us a great effort, thought he was a great leader, um, and really battled you know, throughout the game. So you got a short week. What was that like? Normally you know the schedule yeah. when it comes out. You get that short week late mm-hmm. after that really physical game. How was the team reacted? They, they did a good job. Uh, we we kind of had a plan in place in case that happened. The league uh, let us know that it may happen. Okay. Um, and so we're we're coming off of the, the six-day week against Pittsburgh so we kind of went back to the same schedule that we used for the Pittsburgh week and uh, we're now on schedule so uh, feel good about where we're headed here in terms of finishing our preparation. All right as we get to Kansas City we start with the coach you've had some epic battles with him dating Mm -hmm. back early in your career talk about his philosophy your friendship relationship and what you see with this team. Yeah tremendous amount of respect for coach Reed Mm -hmm. uh, what he's done over many many years Uh, I've tried to steal as much as I can from him uh, as a young coach uh, coming up. Um, he's just, he's very innovative, creative, and never stops, uh, which is what I love about him. You know, he's older than me, but you know, when you watch his tape, it's always something new. It's always changing this, evolving. Yeah. He's always evolving. And it really is an interesting study when you look at all the things that they try to do on a weekly basis. I also love his ability and, and willingness to, to try something a little out of the box. You know, we've seen Pat throw underhand. We've seen him throw the ball to tackle eligibles. The fullback always has a chance to touch the ball, the shovel passes, all that. Um, he's willing to try those things, which I think keeps the game fun for his players. You know, so um, he's he's uh, he's a really difficult preparation to get ready for. Um, challenges you in every way. Um, they're very well coached in every phase of the game, and 
Uh, we know they have really good players, too. So um, it's always a great challenge to play against him and coach against him, and I'm looking forward to it. The last game, Devontae only had three catches, two were for touchdowns, and Josh had a big game. Yep. So the stars came out. When you look back at that tape, 17 nothing lead. You were very explosive early. A lot worked early in that game. Yeah, we did. We got, and we talked about control against this team. you you got to try to find a way to get control of the game. Uh, which means the score in the line of scrimmage. And so um, I thought we, we attempted to do that the right way. Um, and then we learned the hard way, uh, you know, it's, 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 you can't take your foot off the gas at all. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a 20-7 to 7 lead, and, you know, before you knew it, we had run four offensive plays, and we were behind 24-20. to 20. And so the game can flip on you in a heartbeat with Pat and Andy and, and all their explosive players. So... Um, every possession is important, uh, every situation is important, um, and every point is important. So uh, we can take no plays off. Kelsey had four touchdowns on only 25 yards, so that was all red zone. As you prep for him this time, we've talked about it, the physical play at the line of scrimmage or having someone over the top to yeah. be there to double him. Yeah, we thought we did a good job in the field um, of, of executing our game plan and, and trying to really limit his ability to impact the game. And then uh, they moved the ball again down in the red zone and found uh, him, and we had him doubled on those plays too. And so um, our doubles are going to have to be a little tighter. We might have to stay a little longer longer on him and then the rush obviously is going to play a factor in that as well so um, you know he's a great player he's going to make some plays we're not going to hold him without a catch and without a yard and uh, hopefully we can we can minimize the damage this time wrapping this up the rivalry to you you're a rivalry coach back from your former job you think yep. of the rivalry in this building yep. how everyone is alert yep. to kind of turn this rivalry around doesn't matter if it's in the beginning of the year or the last game of the season no uh, I think this is the team we're all chasing you know and so we, we not only know the history of this rivalry between the Raiders and the Chiefs but also I'd say the recent history with our players mm -hmm. um, and, and, and their desire to flip this thing around in our favor. So um, this is an important game for us. We know that this is a team that everybody in our division is chasing, um, and we're going to try to get after them on Saturday and see if we can't finish the season the right way. Coach, finally, I want to thank you for all the time this year. You were very generous. You're always busy this time of day. I appreciate it. And your final message to the Raider fans, the last game of the year. Yeah, I appreciate all their support. Um, you know, I didn't know uh, how incredible this fan base was, obviously, in depth until I got here. And um, they've been uh, everywhere we've played, they've been, uh, which now is uh, something that's common for me to see, whether it's Pittsburgh or Jacksonville or here in Vegas. And um, best fan base that I've had an opportunity to coach for. Uh, look forward to continuing our process here, improving uh, and bringing them a winner. Good luck, Coach. Thank you very much. All right, JT, live back with you after the coach's interview. Did you catch what he said at the end? Did you catch that? Make someone go viral with that. The best fan base I ever coached for. So for all the heat that he's been getting, he didn't need to say that. That wasn't rehearsed. So maybe that'll go viral somewhere in Boston or somewhere around the, in Denver. The head coach of the Raiders, who's won six Super Bowls, six Super Bowl rings, said, best fan base I ever coached for. I've been waiting to share that with everybody here. So go with all your TikTok viral stuff. Do whatever you want with that. So the amount of heat he's taken this year, that's our final interview of the regular season. That's what he said about you. Okay? Not what you said about him. That's what he said about you. So I'm happy you got a chance to hear that. And we are all set up here, final show of the week, and there is a lot of breaking news on the playoffs in the NFL that I'm going to get to right here out of the gate. 
where it looks like, and again, a lot of fans around the country are now pulling for the Raiders to beat Kansas City. Everyone in Buffalo, everyone in Cincinnati, everyone around the world is looking for the Raiders on Saturday to beat the Chiefs because that could change what happens with the bye week. So I'm going to go through all the ramifications here and what's about to happen, but the NFL has approved the plan for a neutral site AFC championship game. Neutral site for the AFC championship game. They haven't picked the location. That's assuming, you know, Vegas has got to be in the hunt here, but I think for Kansas City, if it's Kansas City and Buffalo, or if it's Kansas City and Cincinnati, however it plays out, it should be in Indianapolis, center of the country. That'd be neutral, real neutral site, but you never know. So here's what happened, if uh, you haven't heard yet. NFL owners have approved a plan that leaves open this possibility of the AFC Championship game, the home field for a wild card game between Cincinnati and Baltimore to be decided by a coin toss. In the wake of the cancellation of what we just saw Monday night, Bills and Bengals has been canceled. They will not make it up. So based on this coming week's results, week 18, this is what has been approved by the owners. So follow me here, everybody. If Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, Bills Chiefs are 100% played at a neutral site. Okay, so both teams are heavy favorites. So we're hoping the Raiders upset this apple card here. The Raiders can screw this up for everybody if they win the game. If Buffalo and Kansas City, both favorites, win, we have a championship game at a neutral site. Secondly, if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins, a Bills-Chiefs championship game would also be at a neutral site. Now here's where it gets interesting. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Bills or Bengals versus Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site. And then if Buffalo, this is crazy here. If the Ravens win Sunday over the Bengals and are matched against Cincinnati in a wild card game. So if the Ravens win over the Bengals and they happen to play each other in the wild card game, they're going to flip a coin to where they play that game. If Cincinnati wins or the two teams are not matched against each other after a potential Ravens win, then we'll go to the regular schedule on the higher seed getting the home game. So this is really interesting. They got the three-fourth majority vote, 24 out of 32. The Bengals are not happy about this. The Bengals aren't happy about this because they lose an opportunity to have home field throughout if the Bills ended up losing that game, which I think they would have lost to Cincinnati on Monday night if it wasn't stopped, and obviously it needed to be stopped. So the plans were just changed today over the apparent objection of the Bengals with uh, head coach Zach Taylor saying the team felt it was disadvantaged by the proposal. Quote, it's important for the team to know that because somebody got to fight for you, it's clearly not coming from the league, Taylor said. It's nice to have our ownership and front office support the players like they have. This is important to us. So this is what I said the other day, and we didn't know this was happening today, everybody. Shut up, the league and the coaches. Shut up. Guy almost died on the field. The league didn't want this to happen. The league did their job. They turned it around. They told everybody. This is what we said would happen. If something like this happened, take the pain, take the discomfort, this kid, DeMar Hamlin, is now talking 
he's out of the situation where he wasn't revived. The tube is out. That's the story, not where you're playing the game. It's not happening in the NFC. The NFC is different. But the bye week is critical here because if Kansas City beats the Raiders and Buffalo loses, Kansas City gets a bye week. Now, remember, Kansas City will get a bye week, but the championship game will play, be played at a neutral site. So they don't get the bye week in home field throughout, and that's complicated. So I'd like your opinion on this as we open up the show. Adam Schefter, his comments on this breaking news a little bit earlier today on what just happened. Okay, Adam, how did the league get to this point where a potential AFC championship game would be played on a neutral site? Michael, listen, they canceled the game from Monday night. It's not going to be rescheduled. So there's no Bills-Bengals game, no rematch, and there's going to be an oddity when you're computing the playoff scenarios. The Bills and the Bengals are going to play one fewer game than the other teams in the AFC that they're going to be up against. And so the league was trying to factor that in to the equation and come up with a system that it felt was fair and equitable. The Bengals don't like it because the Bengals draw a short straw here, but the league was doing the best it could with a system that the competition committee signed off on Thursday night and NFL owners will have to approve on a Zoom call on Friday before it becomes official, but that would be considered likely to happen. Okay, so as we understand it right now, if the Bills and the Chiefs potentially meet in the AFC Championship game, it would be on a neutral side. If they had the same result, win or tie, coming up this weekend, right? That is the case. Who gets the number one seed and the bye that goes with it, Adam, and that week off? Michael, the way I understand it, and there are a lot of complexities to this, if the Chiefs beat the Raiders on Saturday and the Bills beat the Patriots on Sunday, the Chiefs would get the bye, but there would be the possibility if those two teams were to meet in the AFC Championship game under that scenario, where that game then would be played on a neutral site. So the Chiefs would hold on to the bye, but lose the home conference championship game. If the Chiefs lose to the Raiders on Saturday and the Bills beat the Patriots on Sunday, the Bills are the number one seed. They get the bye and they obviously would get the home playoff game in Orchard Park. Okay, so everybody understand that. That's what this comes down to. How does it affect Bobby shaking his head? No. What does this mean for the Raiders? the Raiders could cause a tremendous amount of discomfort in this whole scenario. We're involved in this story in Vegas today. If the Raiders, who are a heavy home underdog, if they win this game, Kansas City is going to have to play on top of Kansas City playing at a neutral site, and that's going to happen either way if they play the Bills in the AFC Championship game. So, as I said, no complaints. Stop with the complaints. It's really complex. It is complex. The league worked their butt off to cancel a game and not make it up, which I agree with. And that's the rules going forward, and you have to play. If you have to play in a parking lot, if you have to play at a neutral site, you have to play. Uh, how de- you know? Look, I can understand why Kansas City's not happy about this, flipping a coin against Baltimore, depending on what happens there. But they're going to have to live with it. A guy almost died on their field in Cincinnati. It's not going to be perfect here. So we'll get into that. We open up the show. I'd love to get some preview in here quickly if we can. You just heard my conversation with the head coach. I think the big takeaway from that, which should go viral, 
is as he's been getting beat up by the fans of the Raider fans. I mean, I haven't heard like 1% of the Raider Nation calls in and says anything positive about him when he does something positive. That bothered the hell out of me all year. You don't have to like him. You've made it overwhelming that you're giving him a hard time and you're upset about this. But when something good does happen, there's been no balance on this show or any other show. And especially on social media where there's been a sea of cowards and anonymous people doing that. But that's social media. I can deal with that on the show. You know, we have a conversation here. We talk on this show all the time and have really good conversations. But the coach at the end just said the best fan base I've ever coached in front of. He coached in New England, coached, head coach of Denver. I thought that was a good way to go, and I didn't know that was coming when he said that. He didn't floor me, but he meant that because you don't know, you're not with him, you don't see the human being he is and how much he's working and how hard he's trying to get this right. And he hasn't gotten it right, and he's been, heard that interview, he's been wide open, honest about the problems and what they're trying to fix. So you go from there. Let's hear what you have to say today. We'd love to hear from you. It was brought to you, as, as always, by PTs. They fuel the monologue. PTs, a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights, where I went last night to the Golden Knights game. Wife and I had a blast. Oh, my God, it was great. What a great time last night there. And I'll tell you about it a little bit later on in the show. Chris in West Oakland. As usual, starts us off here on a Friday. How are you, Chris? What's up, man? Man, when don't you have a good time? I've been with you enough times. I mean, you got, you're like a frat boy extended, man. I don't know anybody. When you go out, man, you do it right and you have a good time. And, and I say that with the highest of compliments. Um, real quick, uh, I, I'm with you a thousand percent. This is literally the league's worst case scenario, what happened on Monday night. They're making the best of it. Whatever you think, you're right. Shut up. This is a bad look if you're complaining about home field advantage. It's a bad look if you're complaining about the draw you might get losing a bye week when a 24-year-old nearly, actually, if you want to get down to it, was dead for a short amount of time and was brought back to life. So I've criticized Goodell for an awful lot of stuff. I think he did the best he could. Nobody's going to be 100% right. Somebody's going to be disadvantaged, but unfortunately, there was no other way. And, and again, I think it's a pretty fair system, what they've done, and that's all you can really ask for. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the game on Sunday, JT, look, I think them moving the game to Saturday hurt the Raiders because no matter what happens, now the Chiefs have all the, the – if they're in the driver's seat, they can come out and hammer the Raiders – and put all the pressure on on Buffalo on Sunday. If they would have played on Sunday, who knows? Buffalo could have lost or Buffalo could have won and already had things locked up. But now Kansas City's first out of the gate on Saturday. That game's going to mean everything. And let's be honest. I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to hold the Chiefs under 35 or 40 points. They've yet to show me they can – bad quarterbacks chew them up. Patrick Mahomes will have a field day. I just can't predict uh, – I hope they're competitive, JT. But finally, let me say one thing on what you've said about McDaniels. Yes, I've been on him as well, JT. I feel like he took a 10-win team that added parts, and and now they're going to probably be an 11-loss team. I don't believe he deserves the benefit of the doubt yet because of the track record, but he does deserve the support. And I've said this all along. While I disagree with some of the stuff they do, I don't like some of the decisions they make. Through this tumultuous, horrible season, Never once have I seen any quit in this team. They played the 49ers tooth and nail. That is a big part of the head coaches being able to get these guys to play, not lose the locker room. So whatever happens going forward, 
I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he's proven he can at least guys keep guys interested when the season, let's be honest, I know they're mathematically we're alive. This season's been lost for about six weeks now. So I will give McDaniels credit, and I hope he turns things around next year. Uh, believe me, I don't want to be one of these guys that says, oh, I hope he's wrong so they fire him. I want to call you at this time next year, JT, and say, I am so wrong, my tail between my legs, McDaniels is a great coach. Let's see what he can do, but he deserves all the credit in the world for keeping these guys interested and playing hard to the final day of the season. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the points we've been making here. There's never been an accusation of the team not playing hard, but Raider fans care about the record. I've made that clear. It's not a disclaimer. That's obvious. But there are Raider fans who don't want me to do the interview with the head coach after week four. These are some of the idiots I'm dealing with. You say, hey, you know, JT, go in there with a pitchfork and yell at the coach. Get fired. Don't have a job. Don't do a radio show. Go home. Do a podcast, and we'll love you more. Right? That, that's what I deal with with some of these, these people. It's incredible. I'm just telling you that the coach is a good guy. You don't know him. Just moved here with a family. Commuting back and forth as his son's playing high school football. Trying to win every game. Thing didn't work out right. They didn't make the playoffs. We think we, we've had good conversations. We've asked him everything about every loss on the record, on TV, which is played on radio. That's it. I'm not, I'm not here to change your mind. He's got to win if he wants to be the coach of this team. If he wants to be the coach of this team long term, he has to win. He knew that when he took the job. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make this thing the Patriot way and clean it up because of all the bad draft picks they have. And they had a lot of bad picks. Did, you, did anybody else give the coach credit for that? Well, they won 10 games last year. You're right. You see some of the picks that were here? No fault. There were good guys that, that got let go in the middle of the season because they couldn't play and didn't get picked up by other teams. That's what they're trying to clean up. And it hasn't been easy. And we'll see if they do it next year. Chiefs settle in with a blitz from behind. Pressure gets to Carr, and it's ripped out of his arms. Late flag thrown in as Chris Jones, coming off the right side, made the sack on Carr's shoulder. But we'll see what the flag is. Personal foul. Personal foul. Roughing the passer. Number 97. Defense. 15-yard penalty. Playing out the play-by-play, we got another game coming up as Kansas City is in town. They play tomorrow on Saturday. Pre-game show starts at 11.15 from the torch. 11.15 from the torch, and the Raiders are in play here because Kansas City is playing for the bye week and the one seed, and also Las Vegas is in play to possibly host the AFC Championship game. According to several sources, Chris Matthews joins us from 8 News Now. And Chris, knowing what happened with Hamlin on Monday night, that game was canceled. It won't be replayed. It's really shaken up the AFC playoffs with an opportunity for a neutral site championship game. Yeah, really, the odds are on. There are so many different scenarios. Uh, by the way, JT, thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. I'm excited about that game tomorrow and, and talking about that. But you're right, with these playoff scenarios, just a ton of different uh, ways those those teams could shake out, especially those top three teams. And it really looks like it's going to come down to a neutral site game. And, and what better place, in fact, I was looking last night, what better place to hold this game, an AFC neutral site game in Las Vegas. You have all the... You know, it's easy to get in and out. The airport's right there. You got plenty of hotel rooms. Allegiant Stadium, there's nothing going on that week, so you'd be able to play the game. Um, 
without any disruptions or moving anything else. And I think it'd just be phenomenal. And why wouldn't you do that? You got Las Vegas free. You got Allegiant Stadium free. Mm-hmm. It's it's the you know the sports entertainment capital of the world. What better place? It would almost be foolish if the NFL turned its back and said we're not going to play in Vegas. Yeah, I agree make, with you it on would that. Make no sense. Yeah, Chris, I agree with you on that. Other than. You know, to dip the show a little bit in reality for me is 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 that a neutral site because Buffalo is AFC East, AFC West is Kansas City, and if you look at the AFC North, that would be more neutral in Indianapolis and neutral location between both teams. I don't know what's going on in Indianapolis that weekend either there, but you make you nailed it because of the hotel rooms and what we have here and the ability for fans to come. And I'll tell you. Buffalo's coming, as you know. If it's Buffalo, they're coming because they want to keep going west to go to the Super Bowl. But I think the big story that I wanted to talk to you about is Kansas City now playing for the one seed. We just had a caller that summed it up perfectly. If Kansas City wins, it puts the pressure on Buffalo in the later window the next day to have to beat the Patriots. So Kansas City and them would have that split, and the bye week would go to Buffalo and not Kansas City. I hope that motivates the Raiders and the Raider Nation. Oh, you got to figure the Raiders will be fired up regardless. This team, I mean, they got a lot of quality characters on this Raiders team. And, and I just heard, you know, you just had the coach on where he says, hey, they're, they're all chasing Kansas City. That's the team they want to be. That's the team they're emulating. They want to become that kind of a team where they're constantly winning, constantly going to the AFC championship games and hosting games. So this is, I mean, this is phenomenal to have a, a game like this, the last game where you can actually kind of play a little bit of a spoiler role and then improve yourself as you go into the next season. There's been so many, you know, highs and lows this season. This would be a nice little way to end the season with a win over Patrick. Hey, here's an idea for the Raiders, though. If, they're in, if, the, if the Chiefs are in the red zone anytime, why don't you put a couple of guys on Travis Kelsey? Because we all remember yeah. what happened in Kansas City with that guy unbelievable game. Yeah, I just talked about it with the head coach, and they just haven't been able to stop them, and they don't have the players to do it. They clearly don't have the players that they're going to have next year, hopefully for two games against Kansas City on defense to get it done, and they don't have Chandler Jones and Perryman, who Perryman's probably the best equipped to be physical against Kelsey at the line of scrimmage, even if he can't stay with them. And we know Andy Reid's going to continue to run plays until the Raiders stop him. Chris, what gets me about this game is if you don't get to Mahomes, he's great in the pocket, and then if you do get to him and he gets outside the pocket, he can make every throw. That means the corners and the linebackers have to stay with their men longer, and that's what Mahomes has been able to exploit in this rivalry. Yeah, and not really just against the Raiders. I mean, he's done yeah, that everybody. so often to so many teams. And the guy is just absolutely phenomenal. And when you, when you look at KC being, you know, number one in the league in points and total yards and passing yards and all that, it's because of Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and the scary thing, as you just mentioned it, Raiders are 29th in the league in passing yards allowed. So it's going to be – we'll see what happens. But I'm kind of excited about this game, especially – you know, a Saturday afternoon, the only show in town. Uh, it's you know the, the NFL spotlights this game. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Raiders aren't playing for much, but more than pride. But it's still going to be a lot of fun. I think I'm excited about this game. Absolutely, Chris Matthews joins us, and Chris, this year will be defined by the double-digit losses that they've had and they've lost in the second half of games and. You know, glasses half full as they played good in those games to have leads, and they really had a great running back who led the league, leads the league in rushing, and a receiver in Devontae Adams that broke Tim Brown's uh, yards record. So that's a positive, even with Derek Carr and now Jared Stidham. 
but it's still too many losses where they had leads, and that's got to be cleaned up. And you cover every game, pregame, and during the week when you when you talk about the Raiders, that really was the, the talk of this year, was blown leads, something that they're going to have to work on next year. Yeah, those blown leads, and you, know, you talk about Devontae Adams. and just well, I mean, he had a terrific season. Like you mentioned, he passed him, Brown, you know, number one in the league in touchdowns. But there was just so many games, especially in the second half. Think back, even a Raider Nation will say, yeah, you're right. Uh, Chris, when you mentioned this, how many games this season did Devontae in the second half just disappear? Had maybe two targets, one target, seven yards. It was unbelievable. And yet, despite all that, he has this, this great, you know, these great numbers, 1,400 yards uh, uh, receiving this year and, and all the touchdowns and receptions. And, but it, it just seems like it's such a lost season because there could have been so much more. And, and then you look at Max Crosby on the other side. He's certainly an all-pro, and what he's done, it's just so many little things that you go, man, what just an unfortunate shame with all these double-digit losses this season that they could have had wins, and it would have been an entire different conversation right now. Chris Matthews as we wrap it up. So, Chris, we're lucky to talk to you in the offseason with breaking news and everything, and that's how I wanted to wrap up uh, this time with us as the Raiders wrap up their regular season. I tweeted yesterday, I think this is going to be the biggest year in Vegas sports history. And we might be able to say that every year after that for a long time. But we're only going to have one countdown to a Super Bowl anytime soon. And that starts this year. And then F1 is here. And F1, everybody I talk to, they don't even know yet how big this thing's going to be. The rodeo, the Golden Knights, the next year Raiders regular season. Then you add in the college football games are going to get. The kickoff classic is a monster. Still the Pac-12 championship game, as we always talk about it, in a regional for college basketball, which is one of the big gems here. We have international soccer. So as you wrapped up your broadcast in 2022, and as you're looking ahead to this year, how optimistic are you? Oh, this is a fantastic year. I've been here now for 26 years, and everything just gets bigger and better and more and bigger and better and more. And 2023, going into 2024, is the epicenter, the, the epitome of what you'd want to be covering. Because, like you say, it all starts in March with a regional. Well, you got the uh, the the uh, all the conference tournaments mm-hmm. to get you going. And then you got the NASCAR thing that kind of takes yes, over too. here for a weekend. Then you got the West Regional here. You move into the summer. And um, and then you, you get ready for the F one. You get ready. Well, the Raiders season F one. The uh, the Super Bowl. It's what a phenomenal year. What a great time to be living in Las Vegas. And for the fans, you get to come to Las Vegas. And you mentioned that an F one deal is going to be so big internationally that here in Las Vegas, we don't even realize yet how big this is going to be. Where some hotels are actually putting up millions of dollars of, of, uh, of packages. Yeah. You can buy a package at Caesars for $5 million and basically get what you want with a couple of tickets. It's, it's crazy how big this thing is going to be on an international stage with, with what's coming here and, and the drivers and Lewis Hamilton and all those guys. Yeah, I mean, great. it's going to be fun. They had, that little, they had that little preview thing down on the mm. strip. And there were thousands of people that showed up for the preview event. Yeah, I went to that. Cars and stuff. Yeah, I went to that. It was great. Uh, finally, for Chris Matthews, I went to the Golden Knights last night with my wife, and it was Pride Night, and I saw a lot of friends around there, and Eichel came back, and Eichel scored and had an assist, and just looked different. And then to see Sidney Crosby, a future Hall of Famer, and Malkin there for Pittsburgh, a lot of Pittsburgh fans. 
I think something special is brewing, Chris. I mean, I don't know the roster is good now. they got a lot of guys they're bringing up from the Silver Knights, and guys have been banged up. But if they get this right in the West and are the one seed or the two seed, Colorado doesn't look like the team they were last year. And, look, Boston is looming, but you'd only seen them in the Stanley Cup final. It's, it's got to be for Mr. Foley, Stanley Cup or bust, because he's got the stars, the oh. goalies, the goalies an all-star, and there's no yeah. Robin Leonard and Fleury. They, I, they beat in that building last night. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. No, I'm like right now, people are, when you have mentioned Robin Leonard, they're going, oh, that's right, we do have Robin Leonard on the roster. We haven't heard a peep from that guy since uh, he was hurt and injured, not where he's rehabbing. Logan Thompson named to an all-star Pacific Division. How phenomenal is that for that young guy? I like him, too, because... He has that confidence. He has the confidence of a Jim McMahon kind of thing. You know, that quiet confidence, a little bit cocky, but he backs it up. Well, that's what he's done this year, and, and it's been phenomenal for those guys. Getting Jack Eichel back, one of the best players in the National Hockey League. And how fun was that? You were right there watching that where uh, Phil Kessel, the Ironman at the yeah. NHL, gets a goal. Uh, with a nice assist from Cotter. Then he re- later on reciprocates, and, and Phil Kessel passes it over to Cotter for a beautiful goal. I mean, that was a phenomenal experience last night. Now, JT, that wasn't you there ripping your shirts off, was it? No, that was not me. That was very, it was a work night for me. It was a school night. <laughs> I was very, tonight's not a school night if there was a game. Tonight's a good night. Chris, what do you got in store tomorrow? What's happening on 8 News now with your pregame coverage? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start at 8 o'clock in the morning with the Silver and Black Show. You're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. That's, we've moved that, so that's going to be at 8 a.m. tomorrow on Channel 8. Then following that, we have our Raiders pregame live show at 8.30 in the morning to get everybody ready for that 1 o'clock uh, kickoff with the Raiders and Chiefs. So we got that. Hey, and then don't forget, tomorrow the Running Rebels are at New Mexico in the pit where it's sold out. The atmosphere is excited. Mm. Those guys have only lost one game. The Lobos are 14-1. The Rebels with the 11-2 uh, and two trying to get back on track after losing a couple of conference games. So that's going to be big. And on top of that, you have the L.A. Kings in town yes. who are chasing the uh, Golden Knights in the Pacific Division. I think they're four points back. So, I mean, this is just, hey, JT, every single day it is a lot of fun in Las Vegas. I wish everybody could move here and have the fun that we're at. Well, you're the dean of sports in this town. You're the leader of all of it. You lead us through the charge in 2023. Thanks again for everything last year, Chris, and we got a lot more to talk about with you this year. Always appreciate you. JT, thank you very much. You're the best. I appreciate it. Thank you. Chris Matthews, 8 News Now. If you're out of market, he's been here. He's the news guy, the sports director at 8 News Now. We have Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5, Vince Sapienza. We have Dana Wagner on from News 3, a good friend of mine. We have all the newsmen who come on in, and we appreciate that. And just to try to give you a little bit of flavor, if you're outside of Vegas, of what's happening in the city. And so a real quick story on this. I'm going to see my parents in Florida. They're 84 both. Got to go see them much more. I want to. Haven't seen them in a while. So I'm going to January 18th. I'm going. And then my son's graduating from college in May at Oklahoma. So last night, the wife and I sat down to buy some plane tickets. Ooh, what is going on? I mean, I, 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 I've been flying. I travel a lot. And I went on there, and it was a wake-up call on traveling. And I think of all the people that are in town This morning, real early in this morning, I had a breakfast with a friend in town for CES over at Aria, and there was a a sea of people. Walked into the Aria, everyone has a convention badge on, getting ready to go to the convention center. And I'm walking around this town this morning, and everybody had to pay to come here. right? So a lot of times it's paid corporately. So if you got a convention here, your company's paying for you to fly. If not, and you're coming here to watch a football game, 
Or if, yeah, if so, so let's say the AFC Championship game is here with Kansas City and Buffalo. How do you get a flight? It's not like, hey, Southwest Airlines is going to give you a 180-round trip. I mean, you're talking about spending $1,000. Then you got to get rooms, transportation, whatever it is. So my point is, going forward as a sports fan to travel, it's only getting more expensive. I don't care where you go. If you're going to Florida, if you're going to the Midwest, you got to book out in advance. The travel's been chaotic. So for the fans who really want to go to games, I pat you on the back. It is not easy. I think a lot of people log in. Bobby, they log in to their airline and say, yeah, I want to go to that Cincinnati playoff game against you know this team. And then they look at the flights and go, forget it. I'm not going. So that's why Chris is right about Vegas getting that game here. Low-cost carriers can get people to Vegas. You can find a deal on or off the strip. Might have to pay a premium, but you can go to a game here. I hope we get this good news and the potential for an AFC championship game is here. But look, if a team is an upset team and they come through the playoffs like Jacksonville, maybe Jacksonville will host it. But I don't think that's going to happen. They play after the Raiders, Jacksonville, Tennessee. That's a big game, too. JT, Raider Nation Radio. Three tight ends in the game for Mahomes. Edwards Hilaire the back. Play action, Mahomes. Dumps it through to the end zone. It's caught by Kelsey again. Grabs it all alone. Tosses it to the sideline. His fourth touchdown of the night. And the Chiefs lead extends to 7, 30 to 23. That was Kelsey's fourth touchdown. The Raiders lost by one. By one. Imagine that. What happens if Kelsey had two touchdowns or three? That's a lot. The Raiders win the game. So the Raiders got to be better on Kelsey. We've been talking about that for a long time. JT, back with you. Brought to you by Virgin Hotels. Widespread panic is coming to town. There are so many events happening at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. So if you're looking for a good time, head on out there. Uh, Steve Levy was on our show yesterday. He'll be the voice of this game on ESPN ABC on Saturday. He was having dinner last night with Lewis Riddick and their entire team. Dan Orlowski, I got there a little bit late. Saw the crew over there at one steakhouse. So good crew in town. A lot of people coming to Vegas, and they're stopping by Virgin Hotels, not only for the music and the theater, but all the fine dining at Todd English's Olives. One steakhouse, as we said, they have no, no boo. They have night and market. They have so many spots that you could go have a good time when pool season's here. It is fantastic overall. Hardcore Raider checking in on the flagship on Friday in front of the Chiefs. Go ahead. Hey, JT, how you doing, partner? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Hey, so, um, you know, a couple things on this Chiefs game. I know some Raider fans are looking at draft picks and stuff, but, you know, when, when we look at a whole body of work with this rivalry, I mean, it's not even a rivalry at this point anymore. Mm-hmm. We're 71 and 54, okay? I don't think some of these Raider players really understand what the importance of this game is. And I know some may not agree with me, but if you go back to the 1999 season, right, uh, the Chiefs had been dominating us for a long time, mm-hmm. and we had beat the Chiefs, and we had taken them uh, in, out of their contention for uh, making the playoffs, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know uh, they're a lock for the playoffs, and we're not. But, you know, I, I feel like like a game, like at the end of the year, like how that game was, can really set a team up for success down the road mm-hmm. and build confidence. So I guess my point is, is like, if we can be spoilers and take away the wind out of their cells and not let them come to our house and 
you know, uh, t- take the reins over us, I think this is a pride game because this game can build into something uh, else moving forward. If you go back and you look at that 1999 game, I mean, we ended up beating the Chiefs for, I think it was like five years or five games uh, after that, you yeah. know? And there's been, there's been long stints where the Chiefs have dominated us for five games at a time or like, you know, five, six games at a time where we don't even get wins against them. So I think this game is like extremely important. And so any of these I'm... guys moving forward they're, are going to be a Raider need to understand what this rivalry means as well as the coaching staff and everybody because we need to get this rivalry back and we need to go out and play with pride and poise and commitment to excellence and just win, baby. Let's go. Yeah, great phone call. That dates us back to what happened 23 years ago. It was January 2nd, the year 2000. Remember Y2K? Remember at the end of 99 into 2000? Remember the chaos at that point in time? I spent New Year's up in San Francisco with my wife and a whole bunch of friends. And I remember the Raiders played at Kansas City at Arrowhead on that day. And some of the players that played in that game, Daryl Russell, James Harris, Charles Woodson, Eric Allen. I'm looking at, at the names. Tim Brown, Steve Wisniewski. Well, the Raiders had their one of the greatest wins they've ever had. They beat the Chiefs 41-38. to And it began the Gannon era with the Raiders going to two AFC championship games and the opportunity to go big. And have an unbelievable experience getting to a Super Bowl. It all started with that game. I'm not saying this is equal, but the Raiders need to pull off an upset. We all agree.